All right. Well, as many of you know, I've been doing my podcast from my home studio uh, here in Howard City, Michigan for the last couple of weeks. And it's been a blessing to be able to continue to bring content to you. Um, but I've missed having a co-host. And so I have asked my my friend, um, John Hewlett, to come in and kind of co-host the show with me today. And so, John, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, good. Um, and John Hewlett, and I spent a lot of, a lot of my years in West Michigan and in marketing and uh, youth outreach ministry, retired to the farm where my wife was born and raised here in Sunfield, Michigan, where we built our retirement home in about 2009. And uh, since then, you have been involved in a number of things, speakers agency involved in the movie, I'm Not Ashamed. I think that we talked about it one time, Andrew. And, uh, and so um, just, in, and also my wife, um, I'll tell you a little bit about her. She's a retired teacher. Our ages are 71 and 75. Uh, we don't feel retired. We feel refired because she is a um, early education, uh, early childhood education uh, professor and co-chair at Great Lakes Christian College and uh, teaches there uh, in the fall and helps run the department. And in my um, one of my retirement jobs is that I'm a health coach, uh, you know, after losing about 80 pounds and um, got very interested in health. And um, so that's what we're doing currently at this time. We just returned from Florida. We go there four months a year in Northwest Florida in outside of a little town called Mayo. We have a 33 foot trailer there on the Swanee River in a resort and we enjoy that. And that's like our second home. So that's who we are. I have two kids, they're grown, uh, two grandchildren. And they live uh, in Grand Haven and Grand Rapids, so we're really glad that they're close. And I'm so glad that we've continued our friendship through these years, Andrew, and following what you're doing and really are praising God for what you're able to accomplish. All right, life. and I, I'm definitely learning more about what I'm able to accomplish. I, I had a couple podcasts pre-recorded when we first went into this shutdown uh, that has kind of taken over the country. And then when I got to the end of those, I was like, what am I going to do? Either I learn some stuff about editing and producing my podcast or it doesn't get done. So I spent uh, about two and a half, two to two and a half hours on YouTube that first, uh, that first weekend and right. I learned how to do the basic editing for myself, which, wow. which is really cool. And then learning how Zoom works. And so I may be conducting more interviews with Zoom because that will cut down on people's need to travel uh, to the studio to be with me. I do like being in the studio, so I, I still am looking forward to being back. But it's great to know I can do this right. from yeah. home as well. So, so it's been it's been a great it's been a great tool Zoom has. So to start out our conversation, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how we're coping with this shutdown today marks day 42 so six whole weeks um since i've been anywhere but here at home i've been out on my porch a couple times on the nicer days but basically haven't gone anywhere for 
six weeks. And with the exception of my back surgery in 2000, in 1996, I don't think I had ever done that before. And it's been a real challenge for me being extremely extroverted as I am to confine myself in that manner. But God has been good. And uh, so just want to get an idea of how, how, how are you coping? What's different for you and how are things going? Well, uh, uh, th- this whole thing came about while we were in Florida, Mayo, Florida, and it's in a very remote area. Uh, the closest um, two towns would be like 12 miles away. One has a population of 500, the other has a population of 1,200. Uh, in our particular resort called Swanee River Rendezvous RV Resort, there are about 340 sites, and usually there's about 100 there. And uh, so it's, uh, it's really a remote community. And um, we begin to hear about this uh, from the front lines of our kids. And it, of course, we heard about it in particularly Southeast Florida and Miami, where it was really, really breaking out. And then they had the cruise ships coming in and they were gonna bring in there. And then there was a whole travel restriction that some of our people at the resort were experiencing. For example, if you're from New York, Okay, um, you can you could not return. You could uh, you could return to New York, but uh, you couldn't come from New York without screening into Florida. So we had several several of the New York residents in our resort decide to live there full time in either their trailer or motorhome and sell their property in New York because they didn't really want to return. Uh, so. Um, we, we begin to practice the social distancing right away. Uh, the resort canceled their major events, like they had a big bingo on Friday night, which I never participated in, but I did the karaoke every Saturday night because I enjoy singing. And then we begin to notice the two churches that we attended. They had to go to um, pre-recorded services. I did continue to um, go to a Bible study on Wednesday mornings and, but we would meet around a huge table, six feet apart, you know, with uh, hand sanitation right in the middle, okay, to continue our Bible study. So it really began to affect us there. Then when the first case came into Mayo, then the alarms began to go off for us. We were communicating with our kids. They were having a severe time in Michigan. Uh, Bob, my, my kids, my uh, son and his fiance in Grand Haven, uh, had to work from their homes. Uh, my uh, my youngest son, who is uh, very high in IT with Harper and Collins, had to work in home and take care of two kids, four and six, while his wife worked as an oncology nurse at Spectrum. Now hers was a a job that was uh, essential, but James's job was not essential, so they childcare was not available for them. So it was part of our hope in coming back uh, is to be able to at one point help them with taking care of the girls and they could come out of Byron Center where all the, everything's all closed, but come out here to the farm where there's open air and sunshine and really, really enjoy it here. So based on the feedback from them, we decided to come back 25 days early. Um, We were really gonna stay there until the end of April. So we decided to come back. We decided not to use hotels. 
we drove straight through to Nashville, Tennessee, where the former secretary of our ministry, First Party of Grand Rapids, had a, um, a, um, a bedroom that we could use and she sanitized and we stayed there for two days to rest up and drove the other 500 miles home. Uh, we usually would take two or three days to do uh, at least four days to get back to Michigan, but it was really a hard trip, but that was one of the restrictions that we had. Then we had to get used to put our mask on and our gloves on and taking sanitary wipes with us all the time into the best restrooms. And uh, we, we have a lot of our own food uh, through a company uh, that we represent, but um, we had to drive through for some things and had some picnics. So it really impacted our, our whole kind of lifestyle. And then when we got back, we, we were required to quarantine for 14 days. And today was the last day of that quarantine. I just returned from Myers, okay, from shopping uh, and getting our own food prior. My oldest son brought us our food. And there were 75% of the people there in masks and doing the social distancing and all that. And so, and, and our church is still operating online. So I really can't go see the people that I really love that are dear to me here. And, um, but what's really fortunate, it hasn't affected Miriam as much, uh, uh, me as much as it has Miriam. She usually goes on campus back to Great Lakes Christian College. Um, her students are graduating, some of the first students out of their department are graduating this year. Graduation was canceled. Um, there were projects due, and so those projects were presented online with Zoom. And, uh, and I, I'm, a, I'm a health coach, and so I, everything I do is online or via telephone. And all the food that we use in our coaching to um, uh, get target, target weight control is ordered from a company so we don't have to go out and go shopping for it. So um, that the aspect of having a business and cash flow to other the other things that we're doing, uh, that has helped. So that's pretty much maintaining it. It's, it's really great that my wife and I love each other and we care of each other, each other because we're together 24 seven. And, um, and so that's the way it's been for fi over 50 years. So we are, we're just learning to adapt and adjust, try to have our mindset to not live in a fearful state, a panic state, understand that God's in control, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and there is going to be a new life, new opportunities on the other side of this virus. Uh, well, thank you for sharing, and for me, it really affected me big time because I work at a school. Um, yes, yes. I, and so on... Um, March 13th or March 12th, actually, we received word from um, the governor that uh, schools were going to be shut down for three weeks. Yeah. And so we had one final day on March 13th so that we could say goodbye to the students, make sure that they had materials that they needed to work mm -hmm. online. And then yeah. we closed the doors of the school. And then of course, two weeks into that three weeks, she said, we're, we're going to suspend uh, schools for the year. But fortunately, a couple things. Number one, um, Potter's House is continuing the schooling online. So we will finish out the semester, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And number two, we were able to receive the, 
the payroll protection grant. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm able to receive my full salary for the oh, remainder good, of the school good, year, good. which is also a blessing. Yes. Um, and then just trying to cope by um, spending time with my family. And I keep being reminded by other people that uh, we always want time for things to slow down and we get so busy in life. And then when they slow down, we just want them to speed up again. So now as of today, April 24th, we were told that the recommendation is to stay home for another two weeks on top of the one that was supposed to expire on the 30th and with a little bit less restrictions. Um, and so that's kind of good news. I know some people are frustrated, but I just want to take the time right here to just encourage you to pray for your lawmakers. This cannot be um, an easy thing to deal with uh, for them, yeah. but also there is issues of liberty at stake as well. And sometimes it's hard to know where the line is between um, right. having yeah. our liberties and having uh, the opportunity to be free citizens, but then also having uh, respect for our authority. And so just a couple of things I wanted to say about that. Number one, I was relieved to find that a lot of the criminal fines that were associated with travel and selling different products from the previous order are relaxed in this next two weeks order, which is, which is kind of a really good thing. Um, I've kind of maintained a stance that if something is for sale in a store where you're already at buying things that you should probably be allowed to buy those things, um, you know, and not have big sections of the stores closed off which it sounds like that's going to stop. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, but then also just um, knowing that we need an economy. My brother, um, my, well, my one brother is in construction, so he hasn't been able to work and he is a father with six children. And then my other brother um, has three children and he owns his own business, which has not been able to be open during this time. So we're talking about real people who are really struggling in their businesses during this time too. So hopefully a lot of that stuff gets weighed and we start seeing things open up, even though it might need to be gradual during this time. So um, I want to get into the meat of our discussion today. And um, I just found some some verses from scripture that really talk about how to deal with um, hard times. Um, I wonder, John, if you have the, if you have the notes in front of you, could you read for us our quote I of the am, day? It's okay. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is just for a moment, worketh for us a far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we may not look at things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And that's 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. There, there's a, a phrase that my wife and 
I use, it's called the seed of equivalent benefit. Whatever happens to you inside that event is the solution to whatever problem there may be, or a seed that's going to make something better in the future. And I think he's just referring this for a little bit that the thing that's going on now may be seen hard, but the value of it is what's going to happen eternally. So though it may be a physical thing that's going on or a political thing going on, there is a spiritual dimension to that, that God is working on at the same time. Just my, just my thoughts. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think that it's really neat to realize the context of this, that the people that Paul was writing to, um, they were under uh, basically dictatorial governments. So they didn't even... Right in large part have a say in how their government worked. Right. And so it's, it's in some ways hard to compare, but it also is encouraging when you realize the freedoms that we do have, that we, that we can look at this passage and say, if he had that attitude under, under his tyrannical government structure that they had back then, then we can, we can certainly go through this light affliction. Uh, that is this shutdown with, confidence that god will provide for us i was just i talked to several people during this time and i've expressed a few times how grateful i am with the advances in technology if this had happened even 10 or 15 years ago a similar shutdown it would would have been a lot more depressing because there wasn't all this video calling and and technology to watch television programs and movies that were available Mm-hmm. you know that are available now that, that they weren't available back then so and you know and back and back to what we call the olden days i mean our our ancestors and our families have gone through similar things and they didn't have um, they didn't have technology um but they found a way to get through it and and survived it and i and the, the attitude that miriam and i try to have and try to to promote in our own lives is not what happens to us, but our response to it. So what does this downtime that sometimes all of us wanted, if we just had more time, now that we have more time, what are we doing with our more time? Okay, you can, you know, can you only get the house so clean and the car so clean? And, uh, but what, where, what is the opportunity to learn? How can we uh, find new ways to communicate and um, and what is God trying to teach us through this that will allow us to be closer to him and more productive on the other side of this? Oh, absolutely. So we're just going to go through a couple um, different things um, having to do with how we can um, have hope in hard times. The first one I came up with is be still and know that I am God. Yes. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 4610. Um, and I often hear this scripture. Um, but again, as we were talking about with the busyness of life, we don't often have the chance to literally be still and know that he is God. And so, that's one thing that I have been enjoying uh, through this time is just being able to sit and listen 
to four or five chapters of the Bible every morning um, before I begin whatever other tasks because I have time to do that. And I'm not rushing out the door to work every day and I'm not rushing to, to with my calendar full of events. Um, and it's also been nice that I know I can get a hold of people these days because nobody's really going anywhere. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's much easier to get a hold of people, but right. then also realizing that God is always available yes. um, because yes. he never slumbers or sleeps. So do you have any thoughts on that first point? Um, yes, uh, I, I, I do. And I think uh, I'd like to preface it in this way. In our world, there's always two powers at work, evil and good. And what often the devil intends for evil, God can turn out to make good. And there are those who are evilly motivated, want to turn this crisis into whatever their agenda is. If it's control uh, that some people think or there could be a good agenda. How can we use this? I remember someone said that, you know, you never want to let a good crisis go to waste. And we have a good crisis. In fact, um, we have learned how to make the world stand still with one concept, and that's fear. The thing that God tells us not to do most is fear not. And Biblically, the undertone of this also is there, I believe there's a movement at work that wants to destroy the country as we know it and create a one world order. Now, this is, I mean, we know biblically in Revelation, somewhere down the road, okay, there's a lot of dots coming together that those who want that see this as an opportunity to make this happen. And so I think these two powers are at work and God can work in both of them. But I think we need to be really, really cautious. We need to be investigators. We need to be um, people who are, who are really, really watching and praying through everything that we're doing to see how God wants us to respond to that. And, uh, and it, it may not agree with, the, with what we consider the mainstream. I mean, even Jesus, probably among the Pharisees, was considered to be a conspiracy theorist uh, because he was doing something opposite to what they wanted. And, and, I, and, I'm not, and I'm one of those. But I think I am looking for truth. I'm looking for truth in reporting. I'm looking for truth in numbers. I'm looking for truth as how I should respond as a person and how I should respond in love to what's going on to achieve God's ultimate purpose. And so as we look at, uh, at, at this opportunity to not fear and, 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 to be, and to be quiet and to trust God, man, that's a tough one because when fear is looking you in the face, unless you can see down the road or have had hyster historical experience like the children of Israel did, of God handling crisis things. It's very, very hard to get a handle and believe that God's going to work something good out of this. But he is going to win. We do, we do, we do know that. Absolutely. And, I, and I, I think 
I think it's at once sobering that, that, that you realize how quickly the government can take control of things. But then you also see how good is triumphing, how people are helping one another. Absolutely. How people, yes. how people are getting creative in this time of crisis. I think I heard like the first or second weekend of the lockdown uh, across the country, Facebook live crashed because so many people were, were utilizing that technology. I have a friend that's been um, reading a chapter of a, of a book almost every evening, kind of like a story time for people to tune into and enjoy. And that's been a really exciting thing. And I've seen other people um, reading like children's books and, and creating content specifically for this time. And so it's been exciting to see how people are, um, coping with it and just making the most out of it and right. hopefully one day when we're looking at this in the review mirror we still have a lot of great content that came out of it right well you know it's to me it's really interesting andrew that in this whole shutdown god has taken a lot of gods out of our life if if a person had a god of sports they're no longer there if they had to get, you know, even if they worship money as a God or uh, other kinds of lifestyle things that they actually, the things that took their time and diverted their interests and made part of their ordinary busy day is now gone. It takes us back to, to the opportunity to look at the core of who we are and who we want to be. Amen. And who, who we want to help and what we're going to do coming out of this crisis. So we have opportunity for absolutely positive change. And I think, I think God's spirit is in the very middle of that to prepare us for what's going to happen in the future. Amen. So the next one is trust him for your daily bread. And um, the verse for this I picked was, Proverbs 37 to 9, two things have I required of thee, deny me not before I die, remove far from me vanity and lies, give me neither poverty nor riches, feed me with the food convenient for me, lest I be full, and deny thee, and say, who is the Lord, or lest I be poor and steal, and take the name of my God in vain, Proverbs 37 to 9, and in this case, it's kind of um, something that Jesus will echo in the New Testament when he says, give us this day our daily bread. And really the significance of that is if I, if you were to tell me when I left school on March 13th that I would still be here on Friday, April 24th um, in my home and not have anything on my social calendar, um, I would have said there's no way I can get through it. Um, but when I wake up every day, it's a new day. It's a new opportunity to ask God for the grace. And he, Mm -hmm. you know, like the old hymn says day by day and with each passing moment. Right. Um, so he gives strength as we need it, not before or after we need it. It makes me think of that old song, you know, um, about that God will take care of you through every day or all the way and i think we can we can trust in that um and it happens in so many different ways i mean um 
stimulus package is part of that. Okay. I haven't received mine yet, but I know some churches who have received theirs and actually I have a good banker friend in Perry. who was our, um, uh, in Mayo, who's part of my Bible study has helped a lot of small businesses be able to survive. And uh, so that's one form of provision. Others are food banks. You know, it's like pay it forward. You know, the guy, the person behind the drive through, you know, you can pay, you can pay for their food. This just gives us so many new opportunities. The gentleman uh, who was in the service was, you know, at Target handing out $100 bills. I mean, it just creates new opportunity to be a, a, a part of God's provision chain. And I think that for those of us who God has blessed with a little or a lot, it is our obligation to look at what we have and know how can we share this to be able to help other people. Absolutely. And then we then our our situation then can become an answer to their prayer. I look at all the situations that's happened to me in the last 10 years, and and I look at all these together. And you know, my wife and I we used to make these prayer requests, okay, in one page. And then we got to the point where we started just marking them off and putting things that God answered on the other page. And it's amazing what you remember what God answered. It gives you faith for he is going to handle whatever it is in the future if we're open to it. We oh, don't know absolutely. what it is. We don't know where it's going to come from, maybe. Maybe we do. Maybe it's a new skill. You know, maybe it's a new effort. Uh, maybe someone has laid someone on someone's heart. I heard a recent event where they're going through Facebook and somebody was suggesting, man, they needed food and so on. And this person wrote them a check for a hundred bucks and sent it to them. Don't even know who they are. You know why? Because God told him to. God knew who it was. And what some of those things can be life-changing. And uh, so we, we, have, we have the opportunity to be a part of God's provision, whether small or big. And not only in terms of monetary, but in terms of communication, calling people. How are you? How are you getting along? You know, what can I do for you? When we got back, we had at least five people say, hey, can we get you some food? Okay, what can we do for you? That's the kingdom. That's when you know that you're loved and you're Absolutely. cared about. Yeah. Well, I celebrated um, 10 years of speaking for him uh, ministry wow, congratulations. in September. And I'll tell you, uh, there were so many times when I, I was complaining to God and saying, God, how am I going to make it through? How am I going to do this? And, and God would send donations to me at just the right time yeah. for, to encourage my heart. A lot of times when I've been complaining the loudest, which I always find found sweetly ironic that God had that kind of mercy for me that I would be a complainer and he would still um, honor me with a, a gift yeah. because I'm his child and because he cares and loves me. So It's because he sees your heart, okay? Sometimes what we say, our words does not match our heart. Good thing, right? Because look what happened to David, okay? <laughs> you know, a lot of his outward things that David did in his life didn't seem to match that he was, you know, uh, in the lineage of Christ and was a man after God's own heart. And that's Thank actually, God. yeah, and that's actually quoted about him in the book of Acts after yeah. he did all of his, you know, right. all the things that were 
evil in his heart. God still said that about him because he still sought to follow after God. That was the difference between him and Saul is that when he did wrong, he repented. And when Saul did wrong, he tried to get out of it. Um, Right. So big distinction there. Well, You know, God sees it from such a perspective because the past and the future are all the same to him. And so he can see them all at one time and see, he sees us now and he doesn't see us as we are at this moment. He sees us who we're going to be, you know, it's sort of like when, you know, with our two boys. Okay. Um, I could, I could, I could look at them and say, Oh my goodness, if they continue that, what's going to happen. But I could look down the road and I could see what was going to happen to them, the direction they were headed. And I think God, in a greater sense, sees that with us. And that's why he's so patient and he loves us so much because he knows where we're going. He knows what we're going to be. And he knows how that's going to benefit his kingdom. Absolutely. So number three, uh, our number three after trusting him for our daily bread is seek him for wisdom. James oh, yes. James 1, 5, and 6 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And I I think of this scripture often because um, in ministry I found that um, there's obvious there's, – often questions there's questions of income there was the question of a job that might be outside of the ministry but would complement the ministry and god has really answered that question through my work with the potter's house Mm -hmm. um and there's just questions every day he doesn't necessarily give you that uh you know that that big bank account that is that uh earthly security but he does say I will walk with you every day. And he, he does say, I will give you what you need every day. And, and I think in, in some ways, my time in ministry has prepared me for this time where it's an even more stark reality that, that day by day, minute by minute, uh, I just can get through with his help because without his help, I don't know how people are coping. Um, you know, because, because you talk about the, the economic crisis that we're facing, but we're also facing um, the mental crisis. You know, mm-hmm. I told, I even told some friends at work, I said, I'm fearing the isolation almost more than I fear the possibility of getting sick because I do not like isolation. I do not like being away from people. Um, I always like to be around people. So it's only God's sustaining grace that has allowed me to do as well as I have during this time. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I love that wisdom part um, because, oh man, we need this, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I play the piano as a hobby, but I'm, a, I'm not a songwriter, but I wrote the song one time. Miriam and I were facing this question that we made it and we need to make a big decision. And I did, and I just wrote a song that said, I just need to hear your voice, Lord. I need to hear your voice. I've heard what the preachers say. I've heard what the saints pray, but Lord, I need to hear your voice. And I think that voice comes through. And sometimes 
it's not in words, but it's actions. It's like an open door. It's like an opportunity. And you can see God written all over it and say, this is the way. This is what you should be doing. And I think we, I think we can really, Andrew, really, really trust that. Because anyone who has all knowledge like he has and sees up ahead knows exactly how we're going to be prepared, what we're going to do when we walk through that, and how we are going to impact others for his kingdom and for his ultimate glory. Absolutely. Um, and then finally, um, as trust him for the future, because now we're in this time of lockdown. Now we're in this time of, of reduced economy. And so it can be a bit scary to know what's the future going to look like. You know, it was really, it was really difficult to, for our, for our school to tell the class of 2020 that they would not be returning to school because there's so many things that the seniors get to do that are special, yeah. that it's just not going to happen, at least in the conventional way. Now, as far as I know, we're still going to try to do some sort of online graduation ceremony. So graduation will happen. We're going to try to make as many of those things happen in a digital form as we can, but it's, but it is different. And then moving forward, how, how fast are our businesses going to open? We know that it might be Logan's, I think, and it's closed like 175 stores, Logan's Steakhouse, and said they're not reopening yeah. um, after the shutdown is over. Right, and so yeah. you never know how things are going to be different right. when, when we come out of this. But we know that God has it um, in, his, in his plan. So the verse for that is being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of uh, Jesus Christ. And I really appreciate this verse because sometimes I feel too weak to do God's will. And I don't feel like I have the power to do it. But this verse reminds me that he's the one that does the work. He's the one that completes the work. Um, and Paul goes on in the second chapter to say, for it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so my job is to be a willing vessel and allow him to fill me. And that's, it can be a challenge because we want to be in control, but when he's in control, that's when the big things happen. That's, that's really true because we really cannot, we cannot, we cannot do it without him. And we can be assured that when we are responding to his will, that good is going to come out of what we do. And you never know who you're going to um, bless or help. And, you know, in your life, you're such an inspiration to so many people. And so many people are never, ever going to tell you that or never even know how to express that. Maybe some down, someday down the road, they will. And something that recently happened to me, um, right out of college, I was uh, in, in 1968. I was a, a called to be an associate pastor of, of youth and music for a church of about 500 in Royal Oak, Michigan. And, um, and I never really was called to preach, but I, but, but I, but I, I gave sermons and I spoke in Dr. Streeter's absence on one Sunday night. And um, apparently I spoke on John three sixteen as this person reminds me. And he was 
he had a Catholic background and, um, and then after service, he came into my office and he said to me, he said, John, I don't really understand what John 3.16 means and what Jesus means in salvation. He said, tell me about that. So I did, and I led him to the Lord. And I remember at that time, we used a, um, a little Bible called the Christian Education Workbook. And it gave the Romans Road, the four spiritual laws, those kinds of things. So I wrote in that Bible the date that Gene became a Christian and signed it. Okay, so fast forward, I don't know, 50 years. Last summer, I get a Facebook message from Gene. And I said, uh, and he, I, so he told me about this. And he said, I've been looking for you. And I said, why? He said, well, in fact, my daughter's boyfriend is sort of like a spy, uh, um, private investigator, and he saw you on YouTube playing the piano at some Bob's barn or something. And he said, that's the guy I want to find him. And then he called me. He said, I got to meet you and tell you a story. And he sent me a picture of that Bible that he still had. Signed this day, Eugene became a Christian. And uh, so, you know, I would as I would, I would take my wife to Great Lakes Christian College. She would teach for five hours. I would telecommunicate from McDonald's with my health coaching. Then we were selling her children's book, Phoebe Flies Away. And, um, and I, met, I met Gene, and we spent three hours together. And he said, John, I just want to tell you how you changed my life. I said, I didn't change your life. I don't know what happened to you. He said, well, let me tell you what happened. He said, man, after, after that meeting, you're you know, you and your wife and your office. I got involved in another church, got discipled, get, found a Christian girl, got married. All my kids are Christian and just changed my whole life. And it says, all because of you. How would I have ever known this unless he ever found me? So what that did is not really to talk about me. It's just the power of the gospel. How many people as we sow our seeds along the way of life, they may not develop right away. Others are gonna to have to water, okay? And there's gonna be some other people harvest, but we've been part of it. If we do what God's telling us to do, like you're talking about, every day finding his will, finding that wisdom, those people are gonna find their way as a result of something that we did. And, and I know that you can look back in your life, and I bet there's some people that can tell you a similar story of how you made an impact on their life. And everyone's going to hear this podcast. It is the same thing, and we are going to affect people's life, either positively or negative. But if we're doing God's will, God takes his word and applies it however he needs to do it. I you know, think we should find we should find great peace with that to know that God knows what he's doing. I think that's so true. Um, you know, I, I go back to this example a lot. If, if people have listened to the podcast for, for a good amount of time, I probably have used it. I know I've used it in sermons, but I'll never forget when I was a teenager, there was a ad campaign with Charles Barkley. And he specifically said in that ad campaign, and for those that don't know, Charles Barkley was a basketball player in the mm -hmm. NBA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He specifically said in his ad campaign, I am not a role model. And that stuck in my head even as a teenager because I, I really 
resonated with the fact that actually we are all role models. The question is not whether yeah. you're a role model. The question is, what are you modeling? That, because no absolutely. matter who you are, no matter what sphere of influence you have, you uh, are a role model for somebody and somebody is looking to you uh, to copy you and say, that's who I want to be. So yeah. what, what example word, are you yeah. putting into the world? Yeah. Well, it's been a, a real pleasure to have you on today. I'm glad this worked out. Great. Um, Thank you for inviting me. I've enjoyed it. But right now I just want to review the points that we talked about. We talked about be still and know that I am God. Um, which is so important to know that he's God and he's in control. We talked about trusting him for our daily bread. We talked about seeking him for wisdom. And we talked about trusting him for the future. And you can't do any one of those four things unless you know him personally. I do this podcast because I know him personally, because I know the difference that he can make in my life. And so my encouragement to you is to trust him today to make a difference in your life so that when this quarantine is lifted, when this lockdown is lifted, then you can go into all the world and preach the gospel. And of course, with the technology that we have, we can go into all the world, even from where we're sitting right now. Um, And uh, we're about to the end, but I was wondering, John, if you could close us in prayer and then I'll have some final thoughts. Okay. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this man, Andrew, who is a servant of yours that made this podcast happen, gives us an opportunity to share the common bond of our love for you and our belief in you and our trust in you. And we pray, Lord, for everyone that's listening, including Andrew and myself, that we would be still and know you. Because it is you that is in control. And as a result of knowing you, oh God, that we would know what our role is in this present crisis. What do you have for us to do? What do you have for us to learn? Who do you have for us to bless? Who do you have for us to teach? Who do you have for us to love? And Lord, during this time, we pray for your wisdom from heaven to be with the leaders of each state and our President Trump as we struggle, Lord, with this crisis. And Lord, to keep this country in a place where we can honor you. You've taken away so much that we worship. Now, Lord, we can worship you. And we know when we do that, when we repent and come back to you, that things will change. So we just pray that you would use us and everyone in this scenario for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, John. And with that, I will just say I hope that everybody has a great weekend. And I encourage you uh, to keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, 
H-I-M. You can also interact with us at Facebook.com slash Speaking for Him and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 